astrology, feng shui, tarot, crystals. We've all heard about these practices, but what does it all mean? Each week, Mom and me will dive into these topics to present them in an easy, digestible 20 minutes. From full moons to celebrity charts to even red doors, Mom and me will share personal, shocking, and wow factor stories. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. My name is Kate Wind, and joining me is my mom, Mary Swick. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. Uh, so today's mate, big topic, I'll say, is Aquarius season. I can't believe we're already here, but that's exciting because we are moving into my season. But I think <laughs> before that, we kind of have a lot that is going on in the news that we just wanted to just kind of touch on a few headlines that have come up here. Um, we should just say that we are recording January 17th. So we do record about a week out, but one, we are in the midst of Mercury retrograde at this point. So Mercury, uh, went retrograde January 14th and, uh, we'll definitely be in it till this, uh, sorry, February 4th. So how's it been for you? Um, Mercury retrograde stories. Yeah. I did have like my first client that I, totally missed the time. <laughs> I had it written down for 11 and it was 10. And I was like, I'm still beating myself up about it. Cause I I'm always so like diligent about my appointments. Yeah. But I know. Yeah. I had that. And then, um, well, you know, just because I am an Aquarius Saturn's been an Aquarius, which is big for dental work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. had a lot of, you know, just dental stuff going on. And my wisdom teeth were supposed to be pulled last week and they rescheduled. So I have not been diligent to get that (laughs) rescheduled myself. You know, I thought I was all over Mercury retrograde. I I usually double check my appointments, my times, you know, double check the text or the email, you know, 24 hours out just to make sure I have it right. Because there's time zones, right? We deal with people in all different time zones. And come Friday, and I had two appointments on the books, both of them were in a different time zone than what I assumed they were in. And it was just like, so one had to be totally rescheduled for today. And the other one was just gracious enough to have figured it out probably a couple minutes before I did and realized, and she made the adjustment and we were, but then again, then we adjusted it further from that. So it was just crazy that as much as you know, this stuff, you know, you kind of fall victim to it again. Well, and I think for us, at least this one might be a little bit more sensitive because it is in the sign of Aquarius. So it is in my sun sign. And then by default, it's squaring your sign as a Scorpio. So Mm -hmm. I am curious because I don't think we've ever really shared our personal stories of Mercury retrograde. Right. (laughs) But, uh, you know, if you are an Aquarius, a Leo, a Scorpio, a Taurus, you may be feeling this one more so than you have in the past. But I have been doing some good things related to this. I've really been going through the old VHS tapes, sorting, and, and really looking at each one and sorting it out. And obviously, the majority of them are getting thrown out. Obviously, that's the bottom line. But somehow, I'm having to go through this little ritual with them all <laughs> before I actually throw them out. But uh, And gotten rid of a lot of cool, very cool magazines that I wanted to get into the right hands, which I did this weekend. So I'm very happy about that. And you know, you know, you were there last night. I'm trying to get rid of old board games that are yep. sitting around. Yeah. So a lot of, you know, a lot of mercury type of activities 
magazines, games, things like that. Yeah. We've also been reorganizing a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's all been stuff that like baby, baby boxes, things where we're like revisiting the past. So all of like this re, um, you know, mercury, when planets are retrograde, you can basically put re in front of any word and it's supported during this time. So reorganizing, revisiting classic ways to use the energy. So, um, you know, we do suggest that if you're having a hard time with it to kind of plan out things that are supported by it to kind of eat up some of that energy. It's almost like our way of manipulating the energy to a, to a degree. So we still are under that. Um, and then we'll be, you know, that after shadow as well, uh, for a couple of weeks. So, um, next I thought we need to just discuss Pr- Prince Andrew. Um, we did speak of him season two, episode 36. We predicted some sort of fall from grace based on the uh, lunar eclipse. Um, it happened November 19th and Prince Andrew's, uh, moon sits at 25 degrees of Scorpio. So it was opposed during that time. And, uh, now as we approach May 16th, there is a total eclipse going to happen on that moon at 25 degrees of Scorpio. So I think there was just a news title this week. Is that correct, mom? Well, they stripped him. His mother stripped him of the titles that he holds. And, um, you know, without those titles, he doesn't have anything to do. Right. Right. (laughs) So it's interesting, the moon. I mean, uh, we often say, say, lunar eclipses bring something to conclusion. But it also, you know, shows you get to see, you get to see a story that you didn't see before. Yeah. Well, and the moon rules our sense of security. So that can, yeah. there can be some monies involved with that. Um, oh. But moon also connects us to family or to home. Yeah. So it's interesting um, with, you know, he's kind of been cut off from home, cut off from money uh, with this new news title that we've seen come out. So I think that will just get stronger as we get closer to that May 16th date, but he is in it. It was interesting just looking at his chart. I feel like we could have done an entire episode on this. We could have. um, You know, even if you're not interested necessarily in Prince Andrew, but you're interested in astrology, you know, these interpretations that we're using, you can learn from these interpretations and say, oh, hey, I have a 25 degree, you know, Scorpio moon or Scorpio ascendant. And, you know, obviously it might not be played out on as big of a scale as we're seeing with Prince Andrew, but you can start learning some of the terminology of how we interpret charts. Oh yeah. You know, what's one of the interesting things in Prince Andrew's chart is that hit solar arc Jupiter, solar arc Jupiter and transiting Jupiter are both on his sun. Now that's rare. That doesn't, that would not necessarily, those two events don't overlap in everyone's life at the same time. Correct. And, you know, this is, we've had a little division between the two of us over time. I always say Jupiter expands, right? It gives you uh, more vision. It gives you opportunity, right? 
Yeah. And since the pandemic, I've been saying, no, Jupiter just amplifies whatever is happening. I think prior to the pandemic, we thought, oh, Jupiter, like it's a feel good. You feel blessed. You feel lucky. There's, There's an abundance. And then we saw the pandemic and every time Jupiter got activated, we were seeing these huge spikes. And I'm like, no, Jupiter just amplifies whatever is happening. So if things are going good, absolutely. Jupiter comes and you might feel super blessed or super lucky, but things aren't going well, like in a relationship and then Jupiter comes along. It's like the problem is so big. You cannot turn your eye to it now. Well, and I think it also maybe draws now you're winning me over Kate here, uh, the idea that it draws other people into the storyline that other people know. No, right. It's like it's amplified. So, oh, now the world knows, you know, what maybe more about Prince Andrew than we care to know. True. Well, that's a good, that's a good thought because usually like once other people know, like it's like the secrets out of the bag. Like if you're just dealing with something personally, you know, you can put on a happy face or you can, you know, pretend like everything's fine, just deal with it behind closed doors. But like, if it was like a relationship and now this person has like made a big scene in front of your friends, now it's like, okay, now not only now it's out. Yeah. 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 Well, and one of the very fascinating thing, we have never spoken much about Lilith. And it's something that um, Lilith is, if you go to mythology, Lilith is associated with uh, powerful women. And again, women that can trick men, that can cause the fall of men. Um, so uh, you could think of uh, someone who you know, chases women, so to speak, and it becomes their demise, so to speak, that they do that. Um, so some interesting, very sexy little storylines can come out of that. Well, anyhow, in, in Prince Andrew's chart, solar arc Lilith is opposing Mercury. Now for Prince Andrew, that Mercury sits in his eighth house or what we call the shared money. So in his case, obviously getting a part of the big pot, right? What do they call themselves? The firm, they think the royal family calls themselves the firm while having access to the monies of the firm. And what happened? Uh, Lilith, his queen mother pulled it Hold some money from him, is not going to support him. At the same time, the Gouffre is suing him. So he's got two women coming after him. Right. One who's going for, even though they say she's not going for the money, she's looking for, she's really wanting to just expose him, so to speak. Yeah. But there are lawyers, so there's going to be big money at stake here. Yeah, absolutely. Lawyers to be paid. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating to see the storyline play out. Um, just so clearly in the chart, yeah, um, especially yeah. that Lilith, which again, we don't, you know, I know some astrologers that they almost only solely deal with different Liliths. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not one that we talk about a lot, but when you see something like this, oh well, you know, I, I, particularly in men's charts, I do watch Lilith. Okay. And I have warned many men over the years to, you know, you have to be very careful around women when you're under this energy. Yeah. Because you can get sucked into something that just, you know, you're not going to come out of yeah. a good way. Right. Or it's something that they've done in the past that needs to come out. <laughs> well, that's right. it. You know what? Can we talk about that a second? Sure. Because it's not like Prince Andrew did this last week or last month. Right. right. All what he's being, all this was is about. This is, I don't know how many years we're going back, but I know we're going back 10 for sure. Decades. Maybe even 20. I don't know. So he, that's what now that part really baffles me because this is something from the deep past right 
coming back up that this Jupiter is highlighting. Right. Yeah. When we look at his natal chart, there are some things that, I mean, obviously we know like he's associated with power. He has Mm -hmm. Hades really high up in his chart. Um, You know, so there's things in his chart that suggest he feels compatible with those environments. And unfortunately those can go in extremes, but then it's like something like this happens and it exposes years or decades of actions or yeah well you just brought up another one that we very <laughs> seldom talk about hades right uh, again so if anyone listening to me or what with lilith and hades these are all new terms yes they're they're not in in the in the mainstream but they're very popular um, that astrologers use these points and we're not going to go into the technical side of it but hades oftentimes means being exposure to the extremes of wealth and poverty yeah. And of course, we know that how he has lived his life. So he's been exposed to the wealth and that insulation. But it, it kind of looks like right now that he's going to get exposed to the poverty being a being a poor royal if that's, that's an oxymoron, isn't it? Well, or if he was preying on people that don't have money. That's true. You know, so he yeah, was hanging taking out those... advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my okay. God, that's some great insight there. Yeah. Anyway, well, you know, who else, who else we need to be watching here is our own president, Biden. we spoke about this same episode, season two, episode 36, you know, that November eclipse opposed his uh, son. And now the May 22nd eclipse coming up is going to conjunct his son. That's not good. No. You know, a, a lunar eclipse on anybody's son, I actually generally go, okay, how are you feeling? Are you well? You know, that's my first kind of question because uh, leading up to that date, oftentimes the body talks, the body sends out symptoms very clearly, something is wrong. Um, yeah. You know, he's getting eclipsed right now, right? I think I would say by inflation, <laughs> by COVID, right? It's, uh, it's well, the it's, last eclipse that happened that opposed him, and I know it's kind of a silly storyline just because you know everyone is kind of worried about his mental health, but you know, he went under for that uh colonoscopy, I believe, and he right. gave mm-hmm. um Kamala uh president power for right for hours or yeah, yeah, right. So, again, people might just chalk it up to silly, oh, he kind of does things like that, but you know, that kind of is the precursor to this nut this next eclipse that will be coming up um Mm -hmm. is this one gonna be in april or may 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 May. May. so we're almost in that 90 day window to start watching that yes exactly okay we need to start moving on to aquarius season i don't want the aquarians to feel like they're gypped today (laughs) yes um, so Aquarians, um, you know, based on the glyph, a lot of people associate, uh, Aquarians with a water sign, and we should just kind of clarify that Aquarians are an air sign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that image, that image is confusing, right? I mean, it, it, it took a while to really grasp that, but the, the idea is there's a human, right? There's a person there, which represents the intellect, right? You know, kind of in a very closed way of thinking, you know, okay, we're smarter than animals, even though that's become questionable these days. <laughs> the idea that we're thinking logical, you know, creatures. So that's the human pouring. They're pouring their ideas and the water represents the life. These ideas can come to life. Yeah. It's the idea of thinking up an invention in your head and then building it and putting it on the marketplace. That's Aquarian, taking something that's intangible 
and let's do something about it. Discrimination would be a simple example. Oh, I think people are getting discriminated against. Oh, let's take it to the streets. Let's take it to human uh, resources and make something of it. Yep. That's Aquarius. Yeah. Uh, the traditional ruler for Aquarius is Saturn. So very similar to Capricorn in that regard, which, you know, when I first started, that was kind of confusing to me of like, how can Capricorn and Aquarius, which seem so different, have the same ruler? Um, but I, I thought the one that I like the most is that Saturn's uh, Capricorn Saturn rules everything inside the box and Aquarian Saturn ro- rules everything outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, now traditional, like, or sorry, nowadays we kind of associate it with Uranus, which I think makes a lot more sense, but you know, Aquarians, they can be part of the group, but they can also play uh, the instigator where they kind of shake up the group. So, you know, when people do something that maybe is a little bit controversial or kind of shocking, oh, why did they say that? Why did they do that? That can be some real Aquarian actions. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could just go back to uh, President Trump, you know, just being able to infiltrate into a group, into a title, then allows you to have so much more impact with your concepts, your ideas. Because you're in, you're in the house. (laughs) It's an integration thing. I mean, granted, there always can be protesters out in the street. You know, a board is meeting, people disagree, those people are out in the streets. But how more effective it is, and that's what Uranus does, sometimes it does infiltrate the group, it gets into the room where the discussion is happening. Right. And then they can have dramatic change. And to be honest, they can create a lot of chaos. Yeah. And so we should just clarify it. Trump is not an Aquarian. No, he's not. But he, uh, that was an Aquarian thing that absolutely. he did. I just wanted to clarify that before yeah. we go into this next topic, because yes. yeah. we did just write out some presidents that have been Aquarians. Yes, so right. Just to kind of show um, that, you know, it can be people that make some, real, some social progress. So we have Abraham Lincoln, um, Franklin Roosevelt, Ronald Reagan, all Aquarians that have led this country. Yeah, there were two other ones going back all further. One was assassinated after serving a very short term, uh, but they've all been on some level, high, have a high association with war. That's very interesting that Aqu- the Aquarian presidents, obviously Abraham Lincoln, the Civil War, Roosevelt, World War II, he, he, he didn't plan, he was st- gonna stay out of it till Pearl Harbor, then he, you know, then we went in. Ronald Reagan, obviously the Cold War, the rollback of communism. So the, it's very interesting that that Aquarian sign, meaning I think we should take it this way. Aquarians are willing to go to war, and I don't mean in the battlefield of guns and the military as we know it, but they're, they're going to, they're going to, you know, write those letters, they're going to show up at the city council meetings, they're going to form an opinion, they're going to find some other people that think the same way, they're willing to go to war on certain topics, it's kind of a ethics thing almost. Well, and they're a fixed sign. So that's where they can be quite stubborn or even resistant. Mm-hmm. And if we go back to that idea of two rulers, that Saturn and that Uranus. Right. Um, you know, because if I was looking at someone's chart, not necessarily an Aquarius chart, and they had Saturn and Uranus opposing, let's just say in the chart, mm-hmm. we, we might say, wow, you might really be at odds with yourself. 
because mm. Saturn is the structure and the way things have always been and just the, the re- reliability of things. And Uranus is that out of the box kind of quirkiness and, and chaos and uh, even creativity. And so when we see those two planets kind of battling for space in someone's chart, you can find someone who maybe is a little bit of little bit controversial or someone who, gosh, they love certain rules, but then they go to extremes with other things. And it might even be hard to kind of figure out what decision is this person going to make? Because sometimes they might be ultra conservative and other times they might be ultra liberal with things. Boy, I think you just described a little bit of myself there, Kate. You know, I've got a, I have a Capricorn rising, so I don't, it's not my son, it's a rising sign, but I have Aquarius on that second house of how I make my money. Right. And most people meet me. I've had many people who've met me and sat down, had lunch with me, not knowing who I was, but they made some, one gal turned to me after about an hour in, she found out I was an astrologer. She goes, oh my God, I thought you sold insurance or something. Mm -hmm. You know, you just look so, you know, conservative or you look, you know, whatever vibe I put off, she drew some conclusions. She was shocked. They were expecting the astrologist should have hoop earrings and some beads and, you know, some, you know, outward accoutrements that would suggest that I was a little more woo-woo than, you know. Yeah. So it is a combination. There is a, you know, you can be at odds with yourself, leading relatively a conservative lifestyle, and yet your beliefs can be quite quite radically different. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely... Um, see myself in that description as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just being yeah. Aquarius. Yeah. Well, Aquarius oftentimes can raise eyebrows. That's a real simple statement. They yeah. can raise eyebrows once you get to know them. And sometimes because you're lulled in, mm-hmm. right. And yep. then you're surprised. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like, we all have Aquarius in our charts. And this goes with all signs. We all have all 12 signs in our chart. Even if you don't have a planet or luminary in that sign, you still have it um, on one of the pie slices or the houses. So you could find out where does Aquarius fall into my astrology chart, which house cusp is it on? And that might be where you either march to your own drum that's where you might experience unexpected ups and downs or sudden upsets, or maybe that's where you find that you're the most torn or you have some very strict ideologies and some very, you know, um, I, don't, I keep saying going to the idea of liberal, but um, it's not it's, necessarily liberal. You know, that's, that's why I, I'm just yeah. myself, but I think, I think we all default to think, Oh, we're thinking hippies. We're thinking of progressive free love. We're thinking not necessarily, but maybe just more open or more loose ideas around wherever Aquarius falls mm-hmm. um, into your house system. Yeah. Uh, this was a, there's a, there's a uh, Robert Glasscock, very famous astrologer, uh, works out of the Southeast part of the country. And, um, you know, he says we are in a very conservative mode. We're moving in, we've been in a liberal mode for decades, and then we're going into a very conservative mode. And boy, you really see some of these conservative groups really having clout. Yeah. Under, you know, in present day. Yeah. So um, we sh- uh, should talk about what's going to go on for Aquarians, I think. 
Well, yes, and I just wanted to do an insert. We've said this before, but you know, particularly those what I call early Aquariuses, those born January twentieth to January thirtieth. I always like to give them an extra shot, a shout out, so to speak, because oftentimes they've had a lot more difficulties in their early years. In the early years, meaning childhood, young adulthood, that type of thing. But as they age, you know, things get much better for them. So if you're following with your birthday, January 20 to 30, just, I want you to think in general, be optimistic here. Things are getting better the older you get. And, and again, there isn't a magic age here, but I am talking about once you get probably into your, you know, forties, uh, fifties, that type of thing, things starts to really uh, kind of turn in your direction. So there was a little shout out to us. Yeah. I think that the friends that I have that fall in, I didn't have quite a few friends that fall into that, mm-hmm. you know? I do think after 35, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, really, it's, things start stabilizing tremendously for them. We can look at um, Oprah Winfrey falls mm-hmm. into that. Alicia Keys falls into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So something. Okay, so yeah, we can go ahead with what else is going on with uh, uh, Aquarius. Okay, um, well, I think we need to talk about Jupiter moving into Pisces. It's hitting their <laughs> solar second house. Yeah, and now am I going to have to change my interpretation? <laughs> Well, I, it normally, I normally would say, oh, good news, Aquarius, everything's <laughs> going to go great for your finances. <laughs> now, tell me what you would say. <laughs> oh. Well, so Jupiter moving into the second house um, in Pisces. Pisces does, though, put rose-colored glasses on things. Mm-hmm. So I might stick with the idea that things might look rather good for money and love mm-hmm. because it's in Pisces. And right. because we, we had Neptune's going to come and conjunct it as well, you know, I, I, just for safe measures, we can throw in the idea that uh, it could just highlight your monies where you say, okay, my foot's down. I have to make a change. I can't continue living paycheck to paycheck. I need to hire a financial advisor. I need to stop ordering Uber Eats three times a week. You know, I don't, whatever the story is, Right. it could amplify the problem, but Again, because it's in Pisces and with Neptune there, I'm feeling optimistic. We'll give Pisces, I will give Jupiter that good, lucky, blessed. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's that. I like, I like your compromise there. Well, and just be aware, this is love and money, love and money. And I would say particularly uh, developments that occur here in February, March, and April. I'm going to put a tighter window on that. So it's not just, okay, for the next year, really strong here for these, uh, basically these next four months. Yep. Uh, we also have the North node uh, moving mm. to the fourth home, fourth house starting January 19th. So that was last week already. Then as you hear this, yeah. this only happens every 18 and a half years. So the last time it was here was April uh, 2003 to December 2004. So Aquarians, you might go back, think about how were you finding a new home? How was their focus on the family? You know, where were you fitting in? Uh, Because here comes this energy again. Uh, I know when I think back to that 2003 to 2004 timeline, um, I graduated from high school. (laughs) I started college and I started working for the first time. So I, my my personal family wasn't necessarily in upset 
but I was away from the home more. I walked away from a lot of my friends from high school and had new friends in college. And then of course, kind of created new families, if you will, uh, within my working division. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't home at all. You were gone, you know, just gone, but that was, you know, but it was good. We were all excited for you. Well, I would want to uh, focus on what Mars is doing uh, with Aquarius's and right now we're just approaching at least January 25th out through March 6th. So that encompasses all of February. There could be a lot of focus on um, number one, kind of emotional, psychological type of breakthroughs or doing some good uh, uh, you know, self-reflection going on, feeling like you've overcome a bad habit tackling something, identifying a problem. And again, all within your realm, so to speak. This is not something that outside of you. This is where you kind of recognize what you need to change about yourself. Of course, it could go the obvious. It could have something to do with the work environment. It could have something to do with healthcare, uh, diet, things of that nature. But this is what I call it, kind of a self-help window that they have coming up here very quickly. And then Mars moves into the first house, uh, March 6th through April 20th. And Mars is all about action. It's about passion. It's about moving forward with something. Uh, So we would just say, go for it. If you're saying, I want to get back into the gym. I want to launch this new product. I want to start applying for jobs. It's a very action oriented energy coming for that very short window. And successful because you're driven. So progress is going to be made. Yeah. One other thing we probably should have said it before we just talked about all of that, but this would also apply for anyone with an Aquarius rising. Oh yes. So if you're an Aquarius rising, this applies to you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, From here, let's talk about the upcoming new moon. The um, Aquarius new moon is going to happen January 31st at 12 degrees Aquarius. So if your birthday falls on January 31st, the new moon is happening on your sun. Um, we've, we've spoken about this idea. It's been a big topic in every chart that we've done um, this past, gosh, three, four months. But since November, anyone with a strong 12 degrees uh, planet placement or on the cusp, they're going through kind of a little mini revolution themselves. And this is another one of them. This energy will complete itself as we go into March. So again, uh, this Aquarius new moon, new moon is sitting hitting at 12 degrees Aquarius. So if you have anything with 12 in your chart, this is probably having a bigger effect than normal in your life. Absolutely. New moons are always the idea of planting new seeds for the next, you know, 28 day cycle. It's when the moon is at its darkest phase, right? We look at in the sky, we can't necessarily see it. Um, it will be making um, an aspect to Saturn. So it could feel a little bit more uh, rigid, I might suggest, um, or the idea that, okay, I really have some big goals that I want to set because Saturn does support us, especially in things that are tangible or things that have steps in order to get there. Like, okay, I need to put in my application first and then I can do this, that Uh, Saturn doesn't necessarily say, oh, we're just going to have an aha moment. Saturn usually says, okay, what are the step-by-step procedures I need to take in order to get this? Yeah, that stellium of Capricorn that's happening simultaneously. So we have the new moon happening uh, in Aquarius, but we have 
uh, Mars, Venus, Mercury, and Pluto all sitting in Capricorn. Yeah. So what you just said, yes, that's you, something, this is a great time. And of course we will all support it. It is a perfect time to inquire, to ask, particularly if you're looking for support of some sort. So let me ask to see, if, are there any openings? You know, do, do they have any, uh, taking someone to for a coffee and, you know, picking their brain, so to speak, that whole concept of see what is, what's, what's going on out there that you don't know about. So it really would push, I could say on some level, this is like really the Aquarius new year starting, kicking off here. Right, absolutely. January 31st. Yep. So again, here would be the question, should they wait? It's January here, should we wait until the 31st? Okay, I'll put that off and wait to the 31st to make that no, phone call. No, no. Yeah, you can start. We all know, and we've used this example many times over, but if you're, if you're on vacation in a car, driving to Chicago, has the vacation begun already? You're not there in Chicago, which is your final destination, but has it begun? Yes, the energy has begun already. So just hearing this would be the time to just, and again, I'm not talking about major, huge steps. I'm talking about the first step. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we conclude with the two tarot cards that represent Aquarius season? So yeah. if you go back to what, how we were talking about Aquarians, where you know, they're for the people, maybe they're a little radical in their thoughts. Um, there's going to be this idea like inspiration, non-conformity, leadership. Leadership. Um, leadership. Yeah. So if you want to channel this energy a little bit more, uh, the first card I think that we should talk about is the star. You know what? The star card looks very similar, has some of the very same elements that we uh, think of when we, um, uh, think of the glyph for Aquarius. You know, again, we have someone kind of pouring having water. a jug and pouring water, yeah. right? Yeah. Aquarius, so Aquarius also rules the 11th house, mm -hmm. which I hear a lot of astrologers talk about like the 11th house is like hopes, wishes, and dreams. Right. To me, that it's like a little too like floofy. Yeah. <laughs> talking to clients that I don't typically go that direction. Like I keep it in the back of my mind, but I think when people are coming to an astrologer, they're looking for maybe a little bit more <laughs> than that. But when I talk about the star card, when this comes up in a reading, we can talk, if someone says, oh, I've been wanting to do this and we pull the star card, I say, well, the star card's all about wish it and you can make it happen, kind of manifest it. What are those hopes? What are those dreams? A lot of times we can't manifest them if we don't know them. Right, right. Well, you know what that, I think that image of, uh, of the someone bent over on earth pouring yeah. water you know it's a star card which seems like we should be just staring up at the sky right but this is someone actually taking action in the foreground that's true so, so, yeah. it really pulls it down from the oh that starry that highfalutin idea like well i wanted to make a hundred grand this year well okay let's pull it down <laughs> Let's get to, okay, let's get to 60, let's get to 70, let's get to 80, you know, whatever the goal, the incremental goal. Or this could be the person also putting in the work. So when we talk about Aquarius, like the Aquarians are the ones that might be more likely to show up to a protest or sign the papers or mm -hmm. something that this is someone like they're kind of on their knees, ready to get down to work. Yeah, <laughs> that can happen. Exactly. 
So that yeah, you know, I want to agree with you though that I when some whenever what are your hopes and wishes, Mary? I'm like draw a huge blank always. What my what's my big vision? You know it, that that does stop a lot of conversation right there because it's too big of a thought. It does absolutely. So I guess just to kind of re, to recap the star, then if you are maybe trying to channel what those hopes, wishes, or dreams are. Maybe you haven't done your vision board yet for 2022. Uh, maybe you're still uh, trying to figure out what your goals are for this year. You could channel the star card. Uh, this could also be if you're ready to put in the hard work, you're kind of ready to bring it down, back down to reality. You could use the star card. Uh, the other card that we're going to talk about is the fool, uh, you know, which I really like this card. Um, because it's someone that they're kind of off on their own direction, their own path. It's the path less taken, if you will. And they're just very happy-go-lucky. They don't see it as they're lonely. They don't see it by, as they're by themselves. They're really excited about kind of doing things in a non-conformist way. I have uh, to admit, Kate, Yeah. you know, you're an Aquarius. Right. <laughs> we raised you. Yeah. And there were moments where we definitely saw you as the fool card. You know, and I, I, I mean that in very you know, loving yep. terms, yep. but the idea like, how is that going to work? Or where is that going to take her type yep. of that, that questioning of define odds, define odds. And, you know, you amazed us so many times with that, you know, things turned out very well. Right. And yep. yet we were, we were kind of non-believers behind, even though, go, yeah, go for it, Kate. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> behind closed doors, it was like, oh my God, <laughs> what is she doing? Yeah. Well, okay. when, I, when, I, of a mother. Yeah. when I teach tarot, I talk about um, the full card. I, I talk about the hierarchana in regards to how we see these images in Las Vegas. Mm. Uh, one, just cause I was born here. So I do have, you know, a great tie to Las Vegas, but I do think a lot of people know, even if they don't live here, some of those big monuments or buildings on the strip. And to me, the fool would be equivalent to carrot top where people oh, look at him top. Okay. Yeah. and they, they make fun of, like they laugh at him. Like he's kind of goofy looking. He has yeah. this big red hair. Um, you know, he, is always dressed in rainbows. He has like this show on the strip, but he very, has one very of, eclectic. His props are so eclectic. You don't know what he's going to pull out of, you know, very imaginative and innovative. He makes all of his props himself. If we want to yeah. even get deeper into it. Um, but he has one of the longest running shows on the strip. I didn't so, realize he's still, is he still he's going? Still on, yeah. He still oh has, you should look up what sign he is. I know. Right. But it's like, you know, people can make fun of him all he wants, but like he, I mean, you know, he, he's had the longest running show and there's been some amazing shows on the strip. So it's like, that's to me, the fool is carrot top. Like you can channel him maybe, or just this idea, like use this card. If you are looking to go in a different direction, if you're looking to kind of step out of mainstream, maybe even if you're doing something where you're saying, I want to quit my job this year and do something and my mom <laughs> or my friends are saying, you're crazy. That's not, what are you going to do for health insurance? How are you going to be successful? Um, I would say let's channel the fool uh, this Aquarius season. Wow. Wow. He's born on February 25th. I was going to say, wow. I think he was a Pisces. He's right there, right on the Pisces. Yeah. 
Wow, interesting. Well, anyhow, very that great example. I agree. That is an example. Yeah. If you wanted a, little, uh, a, a creative cure, get a picture of carrot top right. and, you know, yeah. post it someplace in your in your life so you can see them and channel that energy. Well, I just think it's a great way to learn tarot is by looking at things that we know we already know. Some people tell me like, Oh, I'm just so scared. Or how am I going to memorize all those cards? Like we see these images every day in our life. And so particularly in ads, particularly in ads, I know you did a whole class on that of how we see the tarot images in, in, um, in ads back in the nineties, I think. It was, I still have it. I just, I love the images that, that, you know, were just so prolific at that time. I'm sure they still are. They, I should update it. I should yeah. update the new version of it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. I think that concludes our talk. I know we went over today. We kind of had a lot of things to throw in. So thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to speaking to you guys next week. Take care. Happy Aquarius. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. To keep in touch, follow us on social media at the underscore Kate Wind. And to see a list of our services and our store, you can visit our websites at thekatewind.com or maryswick.com. We'll talk to you next week.